This is How We Human Podcast. Uh, this is where we we find uh, and discover uh, great content creators, uh, creators and entrepreneurs. And yeah, let's jump right into the interview. All right, you guys. Ryan Shellman, uh, creative director of AnthemCulture.com. Yeah, man. So he's got a really interesting resume, website, whole social media presence, and he does a lot of different things. So I think this is going to be a really insightful interview because we're going to see not only what he does as an artist, but what he's doing as an entrepreneur and in his words, a solopreneur. And we're going to have him explain what that means for us here on the show. But I think a lot of the takeaways we can look forward to are really seeing not only how he makes content, but curates content and makes marketing possible, even in places like foreign countries where he doesn't have a built-in audience and kind of how he finds that audience. And I think that's something that all creatives could really take a page. You're listening to the How We Human podcast with your hosts, Evan Kidd and Tony Durban. I'll just go ahead and jump in. Brian, glad to have you, man. Thank you. Glad to be a part of it. Thank you, Tony Evan. Yeah, man. Thanks for being on the show. We're stoked to have you. For sure. We all human some ways, <laughs> one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what the show's all about, man. Connecting people, making networking opportunities possible, and just kind of sharing the process. Because like, sometimes it's lonely out there when we're all doing our grind and doing what we're doing. So a lot of times we can trade info, swap stories, help each other out in the process, and like that's the best part of it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Definitely agree. Yeah. So tell us where you where you where you've been over the the last year or two. Man, the last year has actually been insane. Um, so I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan, but I lived in New York for I guess like the past three years. But from working on so many different creative projects and starting to develop my company Anthem Culture, I began to actually like travel around the world and working on a lot of different uh, projects in other places. So I've been to um, Thailand, Cambodia. Um, I just came back from touring throughout Latin America. So I spent some time out in Mexico, Colombia, Peru, and then um, got some other trips planned in the near future. So I've been on a move really for like the past year. It's really just been a month or a couple weeks in a different location. So it's always on the go. So I haven't really felt stationary in a while. <laughs> so, so Brian, what is Anthem Culture, if you had to describe it? Anthem Culture, it's a global media lifestyle company. So I explore culture around the world through music, art, food, fashion, architecture, literature, film. So I'm involved in a lot of different projects from all of those different industries. Awesome, man. And and you are the title is Global Creative Director. Is that mm -hmm. correct? Yep. yep. Okay. So, so I founded the company, but from just from doing like so many different projects, I guess, you know, I'm like the creative head for a lot of different things that go on, whether it's developing a project through Anthem Culture, working with other clients and companies to help develop like campaigns and stuff for them. You, your work takes you all over the globe or? Mm-hmm. Nice. All over the globe. How do you, uh, what, what gave you your start? Like what, what was the initial idea that was like, this is definitely something I want to do. And if I have to travel to do it, then I'm going to do it. And how are you able to pull something like that off? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, really just the love of creativity. I mean, as you guys know, as fellow creatives, you know, like your art is really what pushes you forward to like wake up and get to the next thing every day. So just from like an early age, I really began um, traveling a lot. And I myself, I'm a musician, uh, a music artist. So I began to do like several tours just throughout the U.S. and even starting to do shows internationally. And then from doing that, 
you know, I had a, always had a big interest in actually um, working with fashion, working with film, and even just like the overall like business side of things other than just strictly the music. Um, I think one of my first major projects was actually going out to Puerto Rico and I was working with the hospitality brand out that way and developed like an entire uh, video campaign like showcasing their property, uh, different things that was around it. So I stayed out there for I think it was a month, three or four weeks or so and then work with the owner as well just to like collaborate so just doing that huge project you know that leveraged me to be able to like move into other areas and stuff like that so you really start to see like the different possibilities that's out there so you know it's a big world so if you only think of like just one city one even one country you know it's a lot of different things that you're leaving off the table so i wanted to just open that up for myself so I'm, I'm gonna hit you with a, with a word, solopreneur. What does that mean? Solopreneur, <laughs> solopreneur. You know, is is somebody that's an entrepreneur, but you know they move on their own. I definitely consider myself a solopreneur, but the way that I work, you know, being a creative and working with so many different industries, I take my talents to a lot of these different locations and like collaborate with a lot of different people. So I never really see it as. Um, like a like a client relationship but more so like a, a collaboration so i use their expertise they use my expertise and we put it together but once that project is done you know of course you can uh, maintain that network but you move on to the next project so i'm the only person that's like moving around consistently but it's always like different people that i'm working with in a different location so solopreneur you know you have to be flexible to be able to do that and even being able to to connect with a lot of different people on different levels Right. And, and it sounds like that's a big hustle. Uh, so we got the definition pulled up. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to read that for the for the, the formal definition. Hit us with it. Yeah. So it says a solopreneur is the proverbial chief cook and bottle washer who started the business, owns the business, runs the business, and is responsible for the business's failure or success. A solopreneur is not the same as an entrepreneur. However, both assume the risk and build a business, but a solopreneur does it alone. So I think that's interesting because, you know, me and Tony, we're both artists, you know, we've worked independently with our own projects. We've collaborated with other artists and other people to make other things happen on a bigger scale. But like at the end of the day, I feel like in 2017, you know, with independent culture being as big as it is and, you know, the accessibility of the Internet connecting everyone, you kind of do have to go at it alone. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's not a bad thing, but it's something that I think not everyone fully understands because a lot of people wait. You know, mm -hmm. they wait for like a record label to come through or, you know, a film production company to give them some money to make their project. Why is it important to not wait around? Why is it important to really push for those risks that you want to see happen with your work? Yeah, I mean, I always like to look at it like this. Nobody really is going to care as much as your own project as you do yourself. So, right. Everybody has different goals and stuff that they want to achieve, like whether that's somebody that wants to like travel around um live like a super extravagant wealthy lifestyle or whether it's somebody that just wants to you know sit back and like raise their kids and go to like local baseball games with the family and stuff like that everybody has their own definition of success so whatever projects you're involved with you know you're only going to be the person that knows exactly like what you need to be able to achieve that so you might have a partner for example but um, you might, uh, for the time being, you might be able to like collaborate on something locally, but they might have dreams of, 
going halfway across the world to do the same thing, but you might not have those. So in that sense, you definitely have to uh, go your separate ways. Of course, like still maintain in contact, but just as a solopreneur, if you want to reach success for yourself to, to be able to hit the points that you define for yourself, you definitely have to uh, own it for yourself, you know? Yeah. How, how hard is that? To, uh, how difficult is it to, as a solopreneur, to find those those people that you want to, you know, you want to link up with and collaborate with them? Like, I as far as being a creative director, like, you probably set goals for yourself. Like, so I guess there's, I don't know, how, how do you reach those goals? And I guess, like, how hard is it to really find those people that can really help you in a in a big way, or or does it does it build and does it snowball over time for you, or does it fall on you? That's the other thing. <laughs> well, as you just read, you know your your success is based on like what you do and how hard you hustle. But believe it or not, like it's actually not really hard finding people like around the world that want to do exactly what you want to do because um i think uh one of you guys mentioned the internet with the internet these days you really could connect with anybody and even just um our communication these ways like we're in different locations but we're still able to talk as if we're in the same room so you really get a lot of different ideas and development just through internet through email having like a lot of voice calls and stuff like that and a lot of work you could actually complete just online but you know i always see like relationships are established like even closer like once you actually like show up in person have that face-to-face interactions with them so that's one of the extra steps that i take i guess and that has has been real instrumental in my success you know with the internet these days you really could connect with anyone just a simple search either it's google or social media you could find somebody that's interested in the same activities as you interested in doing the same things as you it's just about like putting in a time and effort and uh, patience is a big thing as well you know you might not find it within the first day the first hour but if you really like remain consistent with it put your time and effort into it you'll you'll come across what you need at the at the right time right and it sounds like you've really made the internet work for you no matter where you find yourself physically in the world so and i think that's what's interesting is like our generation the millennials you know we love our phones we love you know social media and everything like that but like you just said there is a certain power once you take it one more step further because it's like you know a text message means more than a tweet you know a skype call means more than a text message and then a face-to-face that's a whole nother level in terms of networking and what's possible so it can all start like with a simple tweet or a simple email, but it could build into so many other things if you're willing. And a lot of people, I think, sometimes think, you know, these people on the internet, you know, they're not like you and me, you know, they're just people and you don't really think that each account is like, you know, a living, breathing person. So it's a, it's a real and, person behind yeah. it. You definitely start right, to lose that. Right. that uh, and it's oh, like, man. how can you work with that and like uh-huh. help, you know, you know, connect these people and engage these people? So it sounds like you're doing that, man. And so I guess kind of taking it back with your artistic career, uh, how did that start? Because you said you're doing music and are you still doing music or are you trying to kind of be like Jay-Z where, you know, music is sort of, you know, the back burner, but your brand is really the biggest thing that motivates you every day to get out of bed. Oh, that's interesting. You know, I'm, I'm still trying to like define that for myself, but you know, I've been making music since I would say like back in middle school from like playing instruments and all the way into high school. So I really connected right. with a lot of different people locally. So that was even, uh, that was just back in Detroit, working with a lot of different local producers and stuff. So a lot of people, even just from a school level and going into university, they knew me as being an artist. So from that point, you know, I took it into my own account to really start to um, really uh, 
branch out and start to like travel and tour to a lot of these different places and performing at a lot of different like local showcases, open mics, um, festivals, you name it. Literally, whenever it was an opportunity to perform and like showcase my music, I was there and even just attending like a lot of different networking events, always being in the studio. So just leveraging that you know, I actually, I mentioned I just came back from Latin America, so I actually had a show down in Peru, which was one of my first times actually, like, performing in front of, like, a huge crowd that was from a different culture, so, you know, it's different stuff in America that you want to say as far as, like, uh, make some noise or put your hands up, but they speak a whole different language, so <laughs> you got to learn how, how to, like, maneuver with the crowd, so, you know, I tried to drop a couple Spanish words to <laughs> get them involved, but I performed English music, but... Uh, just from doing that, and I actually had opportunity out in um, Bangkok. Um, I had a show opportunity and performance out there. So I connected with a lot of different people and always connecting and networking. So you really start to realize, like, outside of the America, you know, they really appreciate an artist coming out. And not even on, like, a, a, a major label standpoint. You know, if you reach out to yeah. a lot of local people that's doing these different events, like I said, I really would go to any opportunity where they had a stage and a microphone to showcase music. So if you take that same mindset, go out the country and say, like, hey, I'm... I'm only here for a couple weeks for a month, but I'm looking to showcase my music and you're able to show them exactly what you do. Like a lot of times people would be receptive to that and let you do it. So I've been working on music everywhere. Um, I actually have like a couple projects that I have coming out sometime soon. Um, I recorded an entire album when I was out in um, Peru when I was in Colombia. I just released a project that I recorded all the way out in um, when I was out in Mexico. and. Um, I actually just put out a song yesterday, so I'm literally always in the studio, always working, always working with music. So now I'm actually getting a lot of people from literally all over the world actually now starting to send me beats. They say like, oh, okay, this guy is working, he's into music, so let's let's make that connection. So, you know, you reach out, do a, a project with them, do a song with them, and now you have their audience attentive to what you're doing. So it's a mutual benefit to it all. Definitely. And, and can you walk us through kind of how that went like with Peru? Like if you're going to another country for the first time with your you know, art and your music, like how do you get those people to come out to a show? Because I know like sometimes even in the U.S. for like a local show, it's hard to get people to come out because, uh, you know, you want to motivate people like are, do you partner with another artist or do you just kind of roll through and like throw posters out? Like how do, how do you really promote that, especially in another country with a language barrier? Well, yeah. So in Peru, the way it worked was... Um, I actually reached out, you know, I, I was practicing my Spanish throughout the whole <laughs> time being yeah. out that way. So, you know, uh, literally the pretty much the main Spanish that I knew was talking about music and talking about the work that I did. So I was like, hey, I want to practice. So let me just start talking to different people that's throwing events. So um, leverage the power of the Internet and went on. I think it might have been like Facebook, Twitter. I don't know, just social media in general and was looking up different events that was going on in the city. So I came across a lot of different like music events. So I got in contact with this one organization called Batala Z, Zeta. And it was actually like a, a breakdance competition. So it was like real hip hop oriented. And it was at this, um, it was at this place called Parque de Morala, uh, which was like a huge park. And um, they had like a two day competition that was sponsored by Red Bull and the actual like uh, city of Lima. I was in the capital, Lima, 
and um, they checked out the music and everything. And it was like, hey, we think you'd be a great fit for really just promoting the, the culture of hip hop in the city. So definitely come out and show support. So, you know, the first day I went out there, um, connected with everybody. And that day I really just sat through. Um, I was on stage with all of the judges and stuff like that, watching the breakdancing competition. And like, that's when I really realized, I was like, wow, hip hop is really huge here. So just from off of that, um, there was, they invited me to come out for the next day and actually perform a couple songs for them. So I did some music that I recorded out in um, Mexico, I think it was, it came off the um, that album. So, you know, it's really just reaching out, you know, go through social media, just sending out message to letting people know what you do. You know, the people aren't going to find you. So in the case of that event, you know, they already had their audience already coming to the event. The event was already planned and was happening, I think, like two weeks um, from my arrival. So just off of that, you know, everything was already organized. So I didn't really have to physically do anything, but just just show face. So it's tapping into those places that kind of have that community already built. Mm -hmm. Yep. Sometimes you have to do that, you know, especially like starting out and, you know, you might have some recognition in one location, but you go someplace else and you're just a nobody. You could just like walk around. So. <laughs> you got any, um, any upcoming projects um, or upcoming content that you're looking forward to share? Uh, with the world, the audience? Yeah, so I actually was working on a documentary out in out in Colombia. Um, it's called Culture in Colombia and it's a it might be about like a 20 minute film documentary showcasing the culture of it. So you know I attended a lot of different art events, a lot of music events, fashion events even. So it's really just going around the entire city. So I was out that way for a month and really taking the time to do a lot of filming. Um, talking with a lot of people to understand the culture. So that project's coming out within the next month. Um, I mentioned I have the Culture in Columbia soundtrack slash album, which is going to coincide with that, as well as the album that I did out in Peru. Um, so I have a lot of different like uh, visuals and stuff like that around that trip that I'm still like wrapping up now and like finalizing a lot of the edits. So those will be coming out within the next month or two or so. I look at myself as like, a platform in itself so um, I always want something coming out from like myself something that I help produce and even different people that I work with just to just to have my audience co constantly updated and involved with what I'm doing so dude I gotta ask you about the film because that's that's my world right there yeah filmmaking. I know I, I <laughs> licked you up I licked you up <laughs> cool dude how, how did that work are you filming you producing how does how'd that process go because I know filming in another country especially with like a slight language barrier you know trying to do interviews and all that that can always be a challenge so I'm mm -hmm. always curious to see how people pull it off yeah I actually did a lot of um shooting on my especially with the early documentaries I did it strictly with yeah. my phone uh just because For I sure. like the I like the mobile aspect of it so you know just literally delete everything in your <laughs> photos and videos <laughs> so you got space yep. and right. really just every little thing that's going on just pull it out and start recording and you know just from working on a lot of different video projects even just throughout the states and having like a lot of different techniques and stuff you know you have different ways of shooting and whatnot so that's why I like to line up a lot of different events really just to go out to. So nothing is really, I think in all of the documentaries, nothing was really like 
uh, planned as far as like having like a set interview, like mm-hmm. face to face with somebody. But instead, uh, I would just like show up at an event or something like that. And then I would tell them like, hey, I'm putting together um, this documentary. Do you mind if I record a little bit while I'm in here? So I would just be like walking through an art gallery, filming a lot of different things or even just going to like a different music event, shoot uh, shoot like a little clip or something like that and end up piecing it all together. And then um, once I have like a bunch of visual clips, I would actually have like a different setup and um, just literally like talk face to face with the camera myself. And, you know, I get back from these wild trips and people, you get a million responses saying like, hey, tell me about the trip. What happened here? What happened here? So I was like, let me just put together like a whole video project. That's no, how dude, I like to do great. the documentaries. Yeah. No, I mean, dude, that's what we need more of because people like come to me a lot and they'll ask like, you know, hey, I got this film idea. What camera do I need? Or, you know, this, that or third. And it's, you know, great to have good gear. That's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But, we you know, it's hilarious because in the in the age that we're in where everyone's got like an iphone or whatever like people are afraid to use that because they think it's not the right thing to do yeah and it that i mean the essence of like true gritty documentary filmmaking going back years and years ago i mean people shot that on like the worst quality yeah. camera <laughs> like they just did whatever you know they could afford because it's like you know hey i'm this guy who knows this guy who's my neighbor he's doing something crazy i'm not you know a professional but i'm gonna film him and then we'll figure out the details later we just got to capture that story before it's gone yeah and i just think that's what's interesting that's how you got to go about it you you literally just work with where you're at so you know um when you're stationary it's easy to have like a lot of equipment and stuff but as you continue to move around so much you know you you only want to carry so much just to remain flexible so i'm like hey i always have my phone with me (laughs) so that's a device that i could use just to hit record and the and now even with the phones you know the quality is getting up there so you look at it on the screen it's like wow it's like really clear you you have some good lighting from from the sunlight or something like that and then you can make it work so yeah i, I never like to get too caught up in like the technical de- details and stuff it's like if you really want to make something happen you'll, you'll figure it out that's how people land on the couch and they don't do anything they wait around and uh-huh. that's the thing if you said oh, my phone's iPhone. not good enough right you don't have an iphone and there's nothing <laughs> yeah i mean the the winning film or one of the best films that came out of sundance film festival two years ago is this film called tangerine and they shot the whole entire thing on an iphone and it won. i've heard of that yeah. i've heard of tangerine and, it, and it's a good film and it's like and it's good because they like filmed in all these like kind of like alleyways and like places with you know you'd normally need permission and permits and stuff on public city property in los angeles and they just did it on their phone and the way they did it gives the film it infects it with this interesting feel that you couldn't get if you were out there with like a full crew because you would attract too much attention to yourself yeah exactly and i I mean i just think that's interesting and so like when people take a risk like that maybe that's not the way they want to do it forever but to get a project off the ground i see no problem with that oh yeah of course And especially these days, like working with anything creative, people like to see what you have capability of. So before they give you a $50,000, $100,000 budget, they want to make sure you can actually like execute something. So it's like, all right, well, to get to that, let me pull out my phone, capture a couple of clips, put piece it together and show them like, okay, we can make this happen. So toss right. me a budget and we'll make it even better. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, because I mean, one of my uh, film professors in film school, like he always told us he's like no matter where you are at the end of the day it's just a damn camera exactly and 
and, and you know it's what you do with it and the story you tell that actually matters mm -hmm. yeah so, people like the content right people pay more attention to the content than like what they're actually saying believe it For or sure. not now what's your opinion on on where media is going i mean i, I was considered creative director being a lifetime type of career like people don't usually dip and dab out of being a creative director so where do you I know you're involved with the current culture, but where is culture going? How do you see yourself involved in the future? I mean, just going back to the iPhone, the iPhone's only been around for 10 years, but look how much it's literally revolutionized. I mean, you have people becoming billionaires just off of applications developed on the iPhone. So that's, that's like mind boggling what one thing could, could change and just having like an entire like laptop in your computer. So a lot of stuff, you know, just from like going to a lot of these different places, um, voice, is, voice is very important. So that's gonna be one of the, the major things of as far as like getting, getting out your message. But you're gonna start to see like a lot of just grassroots things developing. You know, a lot of people starting to pick up on the fact that, okay, I can start to shoot documentaries just off of my phone. I could start to record music literally just in an apartment, get like a little equipment so you don't need all of these major, major studios. So I feel like a lot of stuff is gonna start to become a lot more mobile. So really you have to figure out a way to like leverage your career to be able to maintain mobility and even take advantage of like the globalization of the world you know we're all becoming a lot more connected but you have some people that's able to like travel make a lot of moves and stuff like that all over the place but then again you have uh, a majority actually you find out that a lot of people are stuck in the idea of okay, well, now I could just sit back on the couch and just tweet out a couple of things and everybody wants to become famous off Snapchat, Instagram after posting like a couple of things. So you have two different interesting dynamics, but it's really like finding a middle ground what works for you. I mean, regardless of what you're doing, you're going to have to be putting out content. So instead of just talking about it, now you really have to showcase that you're able to do it. So the resources that we have now, it makes it a lot easier. So really just understanding the technology that we have and start to leverage that to your advantage that's the direction that we're going and if you really want to be successful in like a major player moving into uh even just like the next five ten years you know we're about to see like a lot of different changes to the whole environment for the entire world absolutely well, and i think the two biggest takeaways i got from that is like you said leverage the technology you have and put out consistent content in a way that's interesting and yeah, because that's the biggest thing. There's so much out there. I mean, that's people, it's hard to even devote like two minutes of time. Like <laughs> most people literally spend like two to three seconds on a tweet before they scroll up. And it's like, you know, how do you really, I think it was Joe Hovas in episode four, who was talking about thumb stopping content. And like, how do you get someone to stop? <laughs> yep, you know, it's yep. like, because everyone's it's going, going, going as they scroll. <laughs> and that's an art. That's an art right there. Yeah, I've, um, I've even read articles. They say our attention span is officially shorter than a goldfish. <laughs> I think oh, we're at no. eight, uh -oh. se we're at uh -oh. eight uh -oh. seconds attention span and a goldfish is like nine or ten. So that's What do you think about that, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> that spells trouble for a lot of writers. Like <laughs> Tony almost <laughs> just did the face palm. <laughs> 
but it's, it's the yeah, truth man. that you really you have literally have to capture somebody's attention like immediately otherwise like you said they're yeah, they're going to keep scrolling through so whether it's visual content audio content you know you got to experiment with a lot of different things that's the wild part so i feel like everybody's in a constant state of experimentation because you know once you get comfortable with one thing uh a month later you know it's obsolete they got the next thing coming out it's always the next app coming out so you know you got to really stay on top of everything if you want to if you want to continue to progress with what's going on you have to move with the speed of it well well dude this has been incredible thank you for for sharing these insights because i feel like a lot of this stuff people claim that they know but it's hard (laughs) to actually put it into practice and you sound like you've developed some strategies so yeah man how can people get in touch with you if they want to continue seeing what you're doing and all that well, yeah, sure. Well, first of all, it's an amazing opportunity being on the Howie Human podcast. You know, I like everything that you guys are doing as far as like spreading creativity and even just have to like listen back to like all of the episodes and now like staying in contact with you guys, you know, just to oh, learn sure. a lot of learn a lot about different creative. You know, you can learn a lot from everybody. So just the different people that you have coming in, you know, it's a great opportunity. But, um, you know, you can reach out at any time on anthemculture.com just to keep it simple. You know, you have access to like all of my social media accounts like that and even like all of the, the um, recent content that I've been putting out. So just to keep it simple, just go to anthemculture.com or if you're on the app store, if you're listening on your phone or something like that, go to the app store, look up Anthem Culture. I'm always available for like answering any questions. Um, sharing a bit of knowledge you know I'm always like engaged with like my community and stuff like that so I'm always open and free to like collaborate on different things all of that so reach out (laughs) if you want for sure well y'all make sure you check out what Brian's doing and uh, we will look forward to seeing everyone again next time on How We Human alright Evan Tony peace out alright you guys that was Brian Shellman creative director of anthemculture.com hope it was insightful yeah man i mean i feel like this guy is really out there hustling and in a way that is making the millennials look good man <laughs> he's, he's making us look good out there i think that uh some of the things that brian was talking about especially in the world of you know marketing and just getting your word out of what you're doing putting out interesting content i think that's something we could definitely all learn from at the end of the day Uh, What did you think was your biggest takeaway? Because now that I'm kind of thinking back on the interview, I think he talked a lot about really making sure not only is your content interesting, but is your content consistent? And I mean, that's that's one of the hardest things to do is like, you know, it's easy to do something once or twice. But how do you keep doing something time and time again? That's a lot to be said, given that a lot of creators do their work on their phones, on their iPhones, on the laptop, anywhere where they can take it somewhere else. So, and I think that's really important, especially what he said, not to underestimate going out locally, uh, whether it is, you know, in your own neighborhood or, you know, across the world and like really genuinely connecting with people, not just online, but also in person, like taking that online relationship even further. And so, you know, I definitely found that insightful and that's definitely something I want to try to do more of in my own work. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely also am enjoying like just back to the podcast I think we're collecting a really interesting perspective and you know he's talking about wanting to go back and listen to some of the other episodes so you know y'all that's what we're trying to do is we want to make this like 
a really interesting resource for everyone, you know, whether you're a guest or just a listener. Uh, we want you to dive back into the old episodes, see what you think about stuff. You know, let us know if you want to hear something different. Let us know if you want to come on the show for yourself. If you want to talk about something that's interesting, uh, topic ideas, you know, that's the whole point. We want this to be like a really interesting uh, textbook that you can learn from, but, you know, not make it boring. So, Any musicians, creatives, um, contact me at uh, Tony underscore Devon on Twitter, um, com, one accord anthem on Twitter. Um, always looking for new musicians and hopefully uh, we can have some of those musicians on this show that's what I'm hoping so so yeah thanks again for listening to How We Human guys I know we took a little bit of a hiatus uh, but you can definitely check us out on our website on Twitter at How We Human Pod look for us and you can jump over to our official website where we have all episodes streaming however in my opinion the best way to connect is really just find us on iTunes if you've got iTunes you can listen to us on your phone as you're going to work going for a run whatever you're doing fits into your life really nice and easy so let us know again if you want to come out on the show let us know what you want to hear yeah we want to we want to hear your perspectives out there and uh, I'm on Twitter at Mr. Evan Kidd uh, you can tweet me philosophical art questions shoot me a couple cat memes whatever you want to do so we'll, we'll make it fun and we'll see y'all next time on how we human.